2: and ramble and just go with the subjects. Some days I'm more bullet shot into the economy and the stock market. You tell me what you want. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Um, we can talk about spending diets, like financial diets. Have you ever considered the thought? The word diet has the word die in it. It's not good. The word mortgage has the word mort, like death in it. Uh, some things that are, you know, obvious kind of kind of sock to be quite honest uh this is a great time to trim expenses and a lot of people don't get that a lot of people are like eh, i need my starbucks four bucks coffee coffee but just redirecting ten dollars a day will add up to three hundred dollars a month three hundred dollars a month will add up to thirty five hundred dollars a year money doubles every seven point two years that's seven thousand dollars just for finding 10 bucks here or there. And 10 bucks could be a uh, two beers at a bar versus a six pack of beer at home. Do the six pack of beer at home. Do that over two nights is my advice. Yes, I'm condoning alcohol. That will get me fired quickly on this radio station. Cause, uh, my mother company doesn't want me to do that. Um, so anyway, we're all in the same boat. Look at your budget. There has to be something in there that's stupid. I don't spend a lot on cars. I don't. I don't spend a lot on clothes. I don't. Um, I buy two pair of jeans and I wear them until they fall apart and no other pants. I have other pants if need be, but I'm not extravagant. I basically cycle three or four shirts until they're threadbare. Um, I wear hoodies until they fall off. So pretty simple stuff. I but what do I spend money on? Um, alcohol a little bit for sure probably too much nice restaurants absolutely great vacations ding 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 that's probably one of my biggest flaws so find areas where you can save money stop looking for gurus um I think that's something I can't tell you enough there's a guy out there named Robert kiyosaki where I once went into a woman's house on a date and I saw that she had a Robert kiyosaki book and she kind of said it was her Ex-boyfriends, but she read it. And she was trying to figure out how to get rich. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going terribly. Because this is the guy, Robert Kiyosaki, who gives the advice, if you're going to go broke, go broke big. There's not not a dumber phrase out there. Um, he tries to convince people that college is for suckers. The Wall Street Journal refers to him as rich men, poor advice. Smart Money magazine quoted him as karma chameleon. He advocates committing a felony, i.e. having rich friends for trading stock based on public inside information. That's what friends are for. He recommends tax fraud by deducting uh, by deducting vacations and health club dues. He brags about being a partner weasel clause in which, you know, his cat is his partner. Like, he changes at one point in time, he referred to his poor dad as one person. And then five years later, he refers to his poor dad from his rich dad, poor dad books as another person. His advice changes on a regular basis. Uh, 2020 did an expose on him, basically saying that he's a fraud. And in the world of of media, you can't call someone a fraud, unless, guess what, they're a fraud. It is a dangerous thing to say. So 2020 saying it was quite a statement. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Joining me today, Tony Mendez, Bay Area LoanSource.com. Good morning. Tony, um, your industry and my industry, it's I'm not going to say filled with frauds, but filled with some people that aren't as smart as they think they are and give advice that tends to help them, tends to make things sound a little bit too easy. Um, There's a guy in my industry who has an app where supposedly if you use his app, it'll tell you what stocks to buy and sell. Um, There was a guy who bought a radio show years ago. He had software that was red light, yellow light, red light and green light, green light to buy stocks, red light when to sell them.
3: And all you had to do is follow the, the lights. There's a lot of people in our industry that are just always green. Yeah, you know, buy, 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 always buy. Um, yeah, you have to be really careful about real estate. And I, you know, the one thing that we did get out of the 2007 crisis was uh, quite a, a smarter consumer, uh, a, at least a consumer that does a little bit more research, a, a consumer that has a little bit more wisdom going into a real estate transaction. And I'm saying that 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 um That energy is still there. That desire is still there. It's still there, Uh, but there's a little bit more caution. Uh, But there's still a lot of people out there that just say, buy, 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 buy. Um, What the reality is, is that a lot of people are buying houses today at an inflated price, at a future value. And that's something that you have to, you you can't get around. Um, Now, maybe two years ago, when I first said, I think that's a little bit crazy that you're spending 20% more on the purchase price. But then when you look at the the interest rates that you can get that were super low, by the way, we're back to three-year lows right now on interest rates. So it's starting to really pick up again. Applications for purchases went up 17%, Rob. So there's, you know, that alone right there, uh, people are saying, you know, it's smart to buy property because interest rates are low. So you don't need somebody saying green, green, green all the time. Um, But, you know, two years ago, I would have said that's crazy. Today, I think I I was – I look back and I say I was wrong. Because we saw home prices go up 20, 30% since then. But today, I think people are a little bit more cautious. I think buying a house today is a little bit more of a necessity. Um, we're working with some people right now that said, you know, we have a baby, we have to move. Um, we, you know, I purposely knew we were going to have a baby. I, I went back to school, I got the better job, higher income, and now we can afford to buy. We saved some money. Um, so that's the kind of client that we're seeing today. But the, you have to be really careful with with the The whole guru thing, I, I, there are a lot of people in the industry that's never left. They were very successful during that 2007 um, boom that stuck around, made enough money that they can, you know, get through this last uh, recession, so to speak in the, in the real estate market, although it was quite busy on our end uh, and they're still out there promoting the same thing. The biggest mistake people could make is the phrase,
2: I saw him on TV. He must be good. I saw he has a radio show. He must be good. And that's just crap. I was at the gym the other day and I saw one of those fixer-upper shows, and basically all they did was buy a pretty nice house that needed a little updating, a little paint, yeah. not much else, and they flipped it for like yeah percent more,
3: yeah. more. Yeah, bull crap. You know, when I, I do a radio show and I'm sure you've talked about it before, and I actually struggle on a on a weekly basis when I do the show, uh, as far as you know my inner morality about what I'm doing, Rob, and and it. Because you, we talk about that, and I actually believe that um, you have to be careful about what you hear and what you see. Yeah. And when I do the show, it's like, you know, where, am I being a hypocrite? Or Fixer-uppers, there's transaction yeah. costs, there's the value of your time, there's the out-of-pocket renovation costs, there's the
2: carrying cost, there's the profit, there's the taxes on any profit. Um, the only fixer-uppers that really have that flipping ability are disasters. They're the homes that you go into that there's there's needles on the floor, that the toilet looks like the toilet from train spotting. Um, That, oh, maybe it doesn't have pipes because people have stolen them. Um, you know and yet th- you turn on the TV and it's this nice looking yep. Asian American and a nice looking buxom blonde. And they're like, look what we just did. We're home flippers. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's reality TV crap. I'm angry today. Some punk was yelling in the hallway during my radio show.
3: Don't know who that could be.
2: to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. What's on your financial mind today? Pick up the phone, get in touch. You can find Tony at bayarealonesource.com. It's bayarealonesource.com.
1: Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome in to Angry Rob. Always a fun show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Here's something that's kind of out there for you. Um, Never work with anyone in the financial industry. Never work with anyone. It takes a picture of themselves with their their hand on their chin. Just just grabbing their chin, grabbing their beard. It tells you that the person is a foe. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to go on a crazy dictator thing and put people in ovens, but if I were, maybe it's people who grab their chins in pictures. Just don't like them. Um, it tells me something's wrong there. Robert Kiyosaki does that, by the way. Uh, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. I read a t- a shocking Reddit recently from a ninety year old survivor of the Holocaust, and uh, it was just it was heartbreaking, where he talked about you know the decisions that he made. Like at one point in time, he was number three hundred ninety eight. It's a number that always stuck in his head because a train stopped and the Nazis pulled off four hundred people to live. And he was number 398. So he was two away from not making the cut. He um, says he had two birthdays the day he was liberated, the day he was born. But um, he talks about you know, going to one camp, and that's where they knocked out his two front teeth. talks about another camp where you know, a guy got hung because he peed his pants. They made him stand in snow for seven hours, and he peed his pants. So they hung him. Um, and then he was so skinny that he slipped through the noose, and they, they tried to hang him again. And he was so skinny, he slipped through the noose, they basically shot the guy. Um, shocking. So I don't talk about being a dictator and being a bad person lightly. It comes from somewhere in my head. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty, which comes back to that thought of if there was software that was red light, yellow light, green light to buy and sell stocks, if it was easy to flip a house just because you see it on TV, everyone would do it. You know, do you remember back in the days? I'm talking with Tony Mendez and he's shaking his head. Um, which doesn't make for good radio. Do you remember back in the days of, like, when you drove a lot uh, back in college and high school and, you know, you were just in your car a lot more, it seemed, and you'd, you'd listen to commercials, and some of the commercials would be like, do you remember the cab guy? Yeah. It was like, yeah, you don't make money off one long cab ride. You make money off a lot of quick trips. And you don't make money buying and holding stock. You make money on, you know, buying and selling stocks, trading stocks. And you don't make money off owning a home for 30 years. You you buy and sell homes, and you step up in equity. And, yeah, it was a catchy commercial. Uh, Wade Cook, and yeah, he's been to prison before, and yeah, he's paid fines before. Um, but the same thing cycles through again and again and again. The the infomercial world where it's someone who's holding their chin in a photo. I know, it, I, I know that's
3: the basis of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about scratching your chin? Can you do that? Just not, don't photograph. Just don't. Okay, don't photograph it. All right. So,
2: I can't tell you how bad it is. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's like the whole Trump University thing. <clears throat> you know, um, at one point in time, I went to one of those money expos where they teach you how to make millions. And, you know, my radio station paid me to go and do a radio show live from the event. And I went from booth to booth to booth to booth. And there was like maybe one booth, two booths, maybe three booths out of 100 that had legitimate businesses. And everything else was like kind of an Amway thing. Um, where, okay, you can join and sell. So You know someone who's done this. Oh, yeah. And it didn't work out well, where you join, you pay for the inventory, you have to resell the My inventory. My wife did it. Yeah, I was trying it, to skip around that.
3: Well, she did it back when we were you know, living in the East Coast, and she was looking for something alternative to do. And Add a little mo- more a little money for the family. A little bit more money for the family, but she ended up having to spend $4,000 in inventory just to get started, and then that turned into a pretty extensive uh, Christmas gift list. We just gave it away for the next what, two or three years. Yeah. So you didn't batter her. Did you? No, 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 no.
2: Cause I always say you're allowed to batter, but you can't fry them. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to put your
3: wife in, some nice we had plenty egg, of, egg and flour of cosmetics to roll her around and batter. And yes, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but you know, the sales industry is like this a lot, Rob. Yeah. Uh, we get it on our end. Uh, uh, not just as a consumer, somebody who's looking to buy stocks or look at ways to get rich fast, whether it's real estate or stocks or some other Amway kind of product, uh, but we get in sales. Uh, we go. We've been to classes where it's it's like, oh, you know, a motivation class. You get through the first stage, and the guy goes, well, I'm really going to tell you the secrets, but you have to pay the $259 to go to our next phase and get the CD and the booklet. Yeah. You know, and and then I'll tell you the secrets about being successful. Um, it's just. I've it's, seen one where a guy goes to that
2: one, and. It's $4,000 for the software package.
3: Well, we did a seminar with a guy that did the same. All the people walking out was, "Oh, that was great. That was great." Well, were you going to go back and oh, it's $4,000. Yeah. And sometimes they'll send a big burly guy to stand next to you to try to get your credit card and they throw guilt on you. Well, yeah, it says if you if you don't make this deci- this decision, you're 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 making a choice to be unsuccessful in your life. It's you you put, you're put put the the you're putting it on credit.
2: You'll yeah. pay off that credit card and have millions. Like some of the crap that comes out of their mouth is pretty obnoxious. And again, it's, it's, it's every industry in the United States. I knew a, a woman who was, I, I, she was divorced, recently divorced with a kid in the Bay Area. Very, very attractive. But she started getting desperate. Like, how am I going to make ends meet? You know, the, the alimony's not enough. And maybe the guy wasn't strong enough to carry, you know, two separate lives versus one strong one together. She got into selling shakes and the next thing I knew, she was, like, becoming a masseuse. So I'm like, I don't think the shakes thing went very well. Um, but it was one of those, you know, nutritional shakes that will change your life. And I just I just don't – it kills me to see people pursue things. But it comes back to, again, the the world that you and I live in. And tying this all back together. Um, the woman who cuts my hair this week, you know, she's uh, divorced. Uh, she now has another fiancé. Three kids with the first one. Um the fiance has one kid from previous marriage. So it's a nuclear family four kids. And she's like, um, I want to buy a house, but her credit's so bad because her American Canyon home went into foreclosure and they had to short sell it five, six years ago. Um, so she has horrible credit. I'm like, what's your savings look like? Oh, we don't have any. She went to Disneyland this year. She (laughs) has no savings. I'm like, your ability to cut my hair is going to last about 15 more years till you get severe arthritis and can't cut hair anymore. Then what are you going to do? I'm
3: Not surprised about American Canyon. Uh th- that was one of the areas in the Bay Area that just just really never recovered. We're doing a transaction for somebody right now who who can he, he bought it for 800,000 and it only appraised for 640,000 just recently. Yeah. And, and that's and, after 6 years of recovery. And that's after 6 years of recovery and you you, you just you wonder that um you know, uh, there's a, just a whole community of people that are just going to be having to stay in their house for a long period of time, or they're going to, you know, be set in foreclosure or, or some sort of a bankruptcy situation. But yeah, it's it's, it's not just. Uh, it's interesting about American Canyon.
2: I know three couples that bought homes in American Canyon. All three of them divorced.
3: I wonder if it's because of the financial pressure. Stress. It's the stress. So. You know, yeah, it's 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 mounting up, Rob. Uh, we're getting people that. You know, are, are really, you know, we talk about products. Products drive the industry. Sure. Okay. And a lot of products are coming out. We just talked about, you know, heavy advertising about, you know, get rich fast. The same thing happens with products. They're going to push, push, push. A lot of people are coming out trying to, and, and it's just showing you how bad it still is out there, Rob, with people who are just struggling to make ends meet. Sounds good.
2: And what I hate in all this is whether the people are looking for the guru Who's going to rip them off? Or if they're looking for the, I could do this myself through like a Trump University. Or I could do this myself by reading a book. I find all three of those solutions hilarious. Really bad choices. You can find Tony Mendez. You can trust him. He's the guy who does my loans. He'll be doing a loan later for me this year at bayarealoansource.com. That's bayarealoansource.com.
1: It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice report. Oh, What a, dandy a Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates.
2: Joining me now talk a little hockey, Eric Lindquist, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda. How are you, Eric?
4: It's the most wonderful time of the year, Rob.
2: I have to admit, I watched the Sharks game last night. I didn't cheat on you, but...
4: (laughs) I I was wondering if you see us that late with the early morning.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's playoff hockey you make an exception for, even if it kills your voice a little bit, because... I probably yelled at the TV four or five times, get it, get it. Uh, just super exciting and uh, not putting the pressure or not putting the focus on the Sharks, but they beat the LA Kings last night 4-3, and the San Jose Barracuda are the future of the Sharks. So in the not-too-distant future, I'll be yelling at some of the Barracuda player to, to get it, so to speak.
4: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's important to watch the Sharks game. Uh, we were huddled over our head coach, uh, Roy Sommers place in San Jose watching game one. And, uh, you know, there's quite a few players, uh, that were in that game that uh, have suited up for the Barracuda this year. So, uh, we were rooting them on and, uh, what a final two minutes in that game. It was, uh, nail biting to say the least that the Sharks held on. And, uh, now the focus is, uh, this weekend for the Barracuda or. are, a fighting for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference for the Calder Cup.
2: Well, I'm coming to the game Sunday, Sunday at 3, so uh, I'm hoping that that's a a clincher. Is is the drama going to last until Sunday, or will the drama be over before then?
4: Well, you know what, we'll find out tonight. Uh, The Barracuda last night got a lot of help as Lake Erie um, beats the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, last night, and that was important because if Charlotte won their final two games, the Barracuda would have been eliminated from playoff contention before uh, the Barracuda's games start on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, the Checkers are in Lake Erie again tonight, and if Charlotte loses tonight, that would mean the Barracuda would need just one point in their final two games to clinch a playoff spot. If Charlotte wins, however, tonight, That would mean San Jose would have to win both their games this weekend. So uh, it it could go right down to Sunday, but uh, we're hoping that Charlotte loses tonight and the Barracuda win tomorrow night in Stockton, and we've got everything wrapped up uh, come Saturday night.
2: So how are the Barracuda playing going into this final weekend? Are they living up to expectations, or are they kind of backing in?
4: Uh, you know what? It's been it's been a little bit of a rough go, really, to be honest. For you, uh, honestly, Rob, for for the Checkers and the Barracuda, um, you know, it, it's been kind of a, a five hundred edge uh, over the last uh, month or so. Um, you know, the the San Jose Sharks recalled uh, Michael Haley from the Barracuda. Uh, that was a big loss up front, and uh, you know, the Barracuda right now dealing with some injuries, as most teams do this time of the season, and. Uh, It's the time of the year where you get an influx of young players getting signed. Uh, we got Mike Brodzinski, San Jose Sharks draft pick. He just foregoed his senior year at the University of Minnesota, a a young defenseman. So he's joined the Barracuda. Uh, The Sharks signed John Martin out of the Western Hockey League, a big burly forward, 20 years old. Uh, He joined the Barracuda as well over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you got a lot of new young faces that are trying to you know mesh their way into the lineup and sometimes it takes uh you know a handful of games to kind of get the team chemistry going again but heading into the final weekend i I think uh the the players feel pretty good uh the uh you know the the coaching staff feels pretty good and um i know many of us were following the the game in lake erie last night and we're excited that we're going to have an opportunity to, to clinch this weekend
2: sounds good how's the goaltending holding up it's been uh, one of the, the brighter spots so far
0: this year.
4: Well, Aaron Dowell is top ten in the American Hockey League in goals against average, top five in save percentage, and he's kind of been the go-to guy over the last couple of months with Troy Grossnick taking the back seat. I know you know many Sharks fans uh, remember Troy's NHL debut last year when he set the uh, NHL record for most saves and you know the, uh, goal-tending in his first NHL start in a shutout win. So, uh, dell has been a go-to guy down the stretch, and I would anticipate that uh, he gets to start uh, Saturday in what will be a big game in Stockton before we return home for Fan Appreciation Day Sunday against the Heat.
2: I'm looking forward to that Sunday game. Um, I enjoy coming out on a, uh, a day where it doesn't go too long. I like the day games. Uh, I think it's part of me getting older. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so, um, Putting it in perspective, um, you're saying that the, uh, the Barracuda have recently signed a lot of players out of college. Is that is there like a window that opens up at this time of year where it's more accessible to players?
4: Well, you know what? Um, as soon as a college player plays one game of professional hockey, um, they're no longer amateurs. So uh, as the uh, college season wraps up, you see uh, all the teams uh, in the American Hockey League and, and even at the NHL level, uh, you know, sign young players to take a look at them before, uh, the start of next year, uh, in the NHL. So, uh, you know, over the years, Rob, uh, you know, not that Logan Couture played college hockey, but, uh, back in Worcester, we, we'd see Logan Couture at the end of his, uh, junior season. Uh, Justin Braun and Matt Irwin, uh, one year came out of UMass Amherst as almost unknowns and, uh, jumped right into the lineup in Worcester and played very well. So, uh, uh, all the teams are kind of going through that influx of new players, and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you, 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 you hit gold, and other times it takes a little while to kind of get the players going. So it's uh, kind of the, the luck of the draw. Um, and, uh, you know, right now we've got, uh, as I mentioned, Bradzinski from the University of Minnesota and uh, John Martin from the Western League. So, uh, you know, two young guys that have a lot of upside, but they're uh, still learning the pro game.
2: I saw a press release hit that San Jose Barracuda's Ryan Carpenter was named winner of the Yannick Dupree Memorial Award as the AHL's man of the year. And the AHL is the minor league team for the NHL. It's, it's fantastic hockey. It's, it's just one step beneath the NHL. And on some levels, I think it's one step faster because the kids are so much younger. Um, Ryan Carpenter, what do we need to know about him and uh, why did he win this award?
4: Well, you know what? It's, it's uh, a huge honor in the American Hockey League, and it's the second time the Sharks AHL affiliates won it over the last eight years. And, um, you know, the, the, the league commissioner, David Andrews, uh, you know, called the front office of the Barracuda on uh, Wednesday before he called Ryan, and he said it's probably the most important award the American Hockey League hands out. Uh, and it's because, uh, you know, the Barracuda year one in San Jose, you know, the, one of the the big, strong message is, you know, right from the start of the Sharks is, you know, getting entrenched to the community and being a good community partner in the Bay Area. And the Barracuda have done that from day one. And Brian Carpenter, uh, you know, grabs the lead, the lead in uh, all the community initiatives, uh, you know, throughout the Barracuda. Um, you know, he said a number of things this year from running the Barracuda math class to, uh, you know, multiple hospital visits. Uh, coaching, um, you know, the San Jose Junior Sharks players. And on top of that, he's done a lot of things on his own um, within the community. So uh, quite the honor for Ryan, the entire organization. And I know we were, uh, you know, we kind of walked around a little bit with our our chins up uh, when we found out about the award earlier this week. And uh, we're excited to honor Ryan on Sunday.
2: With that being said, I'll talk to you next Friday. Come back a winner. I need to talk playoffs with you. I don't want to talk wrapping up the season.
4: You got
0: it. Pressure's on you, Eric.
4: If if the Barracuda play the playoffs, it would be against the L.A. Kings affiliate, the Ontario Reign. So we could have a Sarks, Kings, and Barracuda reign It would be a a San Jose, L.A. uh, uh, 2 Pete. So it should be a lot of fun.
2: Thanks, Eric. You're the best. You can get tickets for the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. Come out this weekend and cheer them on. They need the help, sjbarracuda.com.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is really cute.
2: My producer thinks he's funny. Nothing worse than a funny board op. Nothing worse. He thinks I'm having a bad day because I'm being demonstrative. Because... He was chatting like a girl in the bathroom with someone else earlier in the show. And I said, hey, can you at least focus on the show when I'm... I use sound effects. I have some calls. I got some things that need to be attended to. So I I said, can you focus on the show? So he's thinking I'm having a bad day. He thinks I'm grumpy because I'm I'm mad at Kiyosaki. I'm not mad at Kiyosaki. I'm, I'm furious at Kiyosaki for ripping people off. When you get investigated by 2020 for ripping people off, you're a bad person. And what's sad is... He's got this million-dollar smile, and he gets on CNBC, and people are like, ooh. The only person I hate more than him, Kiyosaki, he's number two on the list. Number one on the list is Tony Robbins. Something about that tall freak upsets me. I like the two midgets in Hawaii who talk real estate. I don't mind them ripping people off, because if you take them seriously, just because they've got some big-breasted women in a swimming pool, um, and they're talking about buying real estate and flipping it, if you take that commercial seriously, Darwin needs to come and collect you and throw you in the Wood Shepherd. But Tony Robbins, he's like, I've worked with some of the biggest actors in America, making them super famous by learning how to believe in themselves.
1: Um,
2: he plays that that rock and roll song that they play at sports events, at his seminars that cost $400. He gets people to walk on wood that burns at a lower temperature so it's actually not going to burn your skin just crap. I hate pe- I hate people who do that. That's my financial lesson of the day. I hope you learned something. And on next week's blossom.
1: I'm blossom. not going to take this anymore.
2: Let's go to a caller. Let's see if George is still there. George, can you tell me about the rabbits?
4: <laughs> no, I can't.
2: Do you have any clue what that means? No. Perfect. We're an illiterate country, is what it means, of mice and men. Let's go across the country. Let's go find our wealth. Let's bring someone who says, George, tell me about the rabbits. Anyway, what's up?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, Rob, I'm uh, retired and uh, basically living on Social Security and okay. pension. Uh, we've got about 100000 that I would like to supplement my income with a uh, uh, dividend fund, maybe paying between 3 to 6%. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any recommendations?
2: I don't think you're going to get six percent. I think you can get two to four percent in a dividend fund. Um, That'll work. Or if
4: work yes.
2: Yeah. So that's only like an extra two to four thousand dollars pre-tax. So that's not a lot of money, right? Right. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I think you should work with someone because there's a lot of variables here, um, including a down market in a dividend fund could cost you a couple years to get your money back um, so you need to know that as far as the equity goes um, but if you wanted to own something like an AT&T that yields almost 5% I wouldn't be offended but George I would have that conversation with you that says you realize that Google can get in the telephone business and, and disrupt them and maybe your 100000 will become 95000 and you'll still get that 6% probably in your lifetime maybe not in mine you're a little bit older than me um, but you'll still get that that income. Are you good with that? And like, you have to have some conversations about this. But a good dividend achievers fund is probably going to yield you maybe two, two and a half percent right now. Um, if you want to drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, I can give you some ideas. And thanks for the call. On both some utility stocks that are going to be a lot safer. Utility and telecom are considered safer type of income players. Um, when you start going with a fund... Yes, you can hit that 6% if that fund is using leverage, which you do not want, in my opinion. Um, Sometimes they issue shares to pay dividends at 6%. And, George, I get it. You're retired. You want to get as much income as you can get. But usually, right after about 4%, that income starts becoming problematic or it comes with problems. It's It's like, well, fall in love with a beautiful person who knows they're beautiful. And he was a little bit crazy. Oh, and by the way, she's an alcoholic. <laughs> like you're like, ooh, these are starting to add up. Um, so I would aim for two to four. And like I said, you know, if you wanted to own something like AT and T or Verizon, I think Verizon's a little bit growthier than AT and I think AT and T's a little bit more dividend safe. Um, but again, you have to know that there are problems that could arise with owning individual stocks. A fund, you're going to lower your income potential with yield because they're going to diversify into a lot of names. I would be cautious on any dividend fund that yields five or six percent because it probably owns some oil companies that are probably going to go bankrupt, some of them. So when you start to get into 5%, 6, five percent, 6 percent dividend yield, you're starting to the credit worthiness of the company comes into question. Tony Mendez, com. You know one thing that um. I do every year I have a Kentucky Derby party. Yeah. Um I haven't really cleaned my house a lot in the last year. Like I haven't painted, haven't finished the wood on the floors. Like I haven't done a lot of home projects is what I'm trying to say. Um and that got me thinking like when it comes time to sell, I'm going to have to do a lot of home projects. So some people have their home and they're like I'm going to go I'm going to downsize when I retire. And then they forget like when they downsize it's time to fix things so that you can try to sell it at a nice cost. Um Maybe someone comes in and says, hey, you need a new roof. So suddenly you're downsizing. Isn't, it costs you a lot of money. Uh, and same thing with my Kentucky
3: Derby party because I'm, I'm like, yeah,
2: I'll only spend $3,000 this
3: year on the party. I think, it's, I think a term you could use is it shows well. Yeah. So that's uh, – a lot of people do get carried away with fixing up their house, especially in up markets. This is a seller's market. Um, you can ask – Here's what's what's wrong with the situation is that you can ask nine out of ten realtors and they'll say, oh, you need to fix your house up so it shows well. You can have if you're going to have a Kentucky Derby party, you have to show it, your house well. You have to fix it up. Um, but in a seller's market, Rob, if there was only one house in your neighborhood that was showing a Kentucky Derby party, everyone's going to come no matter what your house looked like, right? Same thing with real estate. If there's only five houses in a city, it really doesn't matter what your house looks like as long as it passes inspection, you're going to get top dollar. So you really do have to weigh out. and now I'm not telling people not to fix up their house and it it's not the you know, you're gonna do what you're gonna do, but it, it you may not be getting your dollar for dollar. I think it's something that you really just need to dive into. Uh, get an inspection, see what you need to fix so you can sell the house without any having to repair stuff after you after you get in a contract, but um And sometimes when do, you down, do you see what I'm talking about, how well, people do can people can get carried away with fixing oh, yeah. up like, why would you stage your house? No, do the normal things. You know, if you have to paint because there's crayons all over the wall, yeah. Uh, fix the bathroom because the, the toilet doesn't flush, yeah. But do you need to paint it and put a new toilet in, new counter, new, new, uh, new appliances and and things like that? Probably not. Not in this day and age. Now, if you want to build an addition and you can get 125% of the co- of the cost, maybe. There's a lot of people right now that are buying houses and just saying. This is a great location. There's an extra, you know, based on the city, we can add up to 50% of the, of the property and put another in-law unit or do this, that, and that. And we, and we can turn it and flip a property. Why not as an owner do the same thing before you sell it? There's some considerations there. So, but as far as doing minor things to just get it to pass inspection, I think that's probably a better bet for dollar for dollar. I'm with you. But for Kentucky derbies, man, I want your house clean. There's no way I'm coming over unless those floors are done. Well, just it, 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 I've had a
2: busy year. I've done a lot of traveling, so like um, <clears throat> some smudges here, some smudges there. So and uh, it just I I throw it down there because sometimes downsizing is more expensive than you think. Like you downsized at one point in time and yep. you you brought your your wife's grandmother's armoire with you, of which. This is the ugliest, rattiest piece of furniture I've ever seen. It's horrific. I put it online for free, and it's still in my house. And you dragged it all the way across the country. And sometimes, like, at some point in time, you're going to tell your wife, like, hey, this is ratty. This is horrible. Rob, Rob knocked on it. Like, it's so bad. Um, ants won't eat it kind of thing. Termite, termites refuse to eat it. It's, it's so nasty looking. Um <laughs> But you're going to put it in storage at some point in time. That's going to be $100 to downsize. I don't know, maybe storage is more than $100. It's more way.
3: than that, yeah. God, I'm sorry. It's maybe $100 actually. for a unit that would fit maybe some boxes, but you want a decent-sized unit. Yeah, downsizing, is it can be expensive, Rob. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know what, I'd rather not downsize and just take some money out of my house and just stay here. You know, one of the most popular products right now to, is the reverse mortgages. As equities have gone up, people have paid down their mortgages. People, we have a huge, huge demographic right now that is getting into retirement and getting that age of 62. And, and reverse mortgages are, are, you know, and they, people like living in the Bay Area and with these equities where they are right now, the home values. Uh, reverse mortgages are an option for not downsizing. So we're 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 kind of in this interesting phase of real estate right now where. There's a lot of people who are just saying, we're not going to downsize. We're going to stay where we are. We're going to make the house work and just get a reverse mortgage. I'm not trying to sell a product. I'm just saying that's something that people are doing. You know what's funny is
2: my Bordop. I'm, I'm just going to call him up because that's an insult. You call producer. him B.O. Bordop. He does the REM shot for the termites joke. But earlier in the show when I talked about you can batter your wife, you just can't fry her. He's like, ooh, ooh, that's a little too close. That's a little too close. Ooh. Bacon? Oh, fried. I get it. So, yeah. See, producers don't have no sense of humor. They think they're funny. That's why they're behind the
3: glass. <laughs> Aren't you behind glass depending on what side you're... He's looking at you behind glass. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. But uh, one of the points I'm cranky, and I'm cranky today
2: intentionally. I've got a blessed life. i got a, a glorious life. But it's sometimes a good way to teach. Uh, it's a different way to show people, like, today for me to slam on financial people, to... Talk about downsizing is not always the e- as easy as you think it's going to be. Um, the person who cuts my hair who has nothing saved and wants to buy a house and has bad credit and doesn't want to put 20% down, I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, how about a seven-year arm? She's like, no, no, I want a 30-year. I'm like, you could lower your costs. It's like, no, no. Like, you give advice, and sometimes people just won't take it, so you have to yell at them. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at Rob Black's show. You can find Tony at Bay Area Loan Source. He's going to be doing a loan for me later this year. That's how much I like this guy. I'm not cranky in any way, shape, or form. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
2: I an interesting thing about millennials. A large majority of millennials name their cars. That's kind of odd, right? That someone is paid to do research to come up with that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I got in the wrong industry somehow. Um, so I would be cautious with everyone who pushes financial advice and wants you to charge for a seminar for it. I charge $5 and I give all of that to charity when I do seminars. Be careful. Never show up to a seminar with a credit card. Just do yourself a favor. Don't even bring it. Because you'll sit there and you'll look at like people talk about how great things are. Um, they'll talk about like negative cash flow. And you'll be like, what's negative cash flow? Like you might have grown up being a soccer coach. You might have grown up to be an art teacher. And hey, let's face it: teachers and coaches don't always make a lot of money. And you're you'll be like, hey, this guy Robert Allen, uh, another guy I don't like in the in the guru world, um, has these you know elixirs for you, these magic formulas on negative cash flow, and you know there's there's big words you've never heard. You'll hear a lot about free and clear. Now there's one guy in in financial radio who I refer to him as, first and foremost, he doesn't ever disclose that he does a business. And his big thing is to get people to pay off their debt. And he, he does it a lot with Jesus quotes and Bible quotes. You know, Jesus said in the Bible that thou shalt not carry debt. I'm like, really? Jesus said in the Bible that two stones is better than one bird when paying on Amex. And you're like,
1: he didn't say
2: that. Um, but his whole shtick is to get people to kind of use the bible and his radio show is centered in small towns so he's got a national radio show but it's really centered in am stations that they're not making any money so they'll put his stuff on because he's got a, a good you know uh presentation but you have to be really really cautious He he's got advice like when you buy a house pay for it in cash come on really now, okay, maybe a trailer. I get it. Especially when you're financing a trailer at seventeen percent. Do you know who his audience is? People who live in trailers. Um and people will call up and they'll go, My husband took the money from the mayonnaise jar. And, yeah. I shouldn't it's it sounds like I'm making fun of small America. I guess why not? Yeah, when you have two teeth, let's go with it. Easiest job in Arkansas? Being a dentist. You only got to clean one tooth. Can you imagine? What? What? And that's going to happen to a lot of America. A lot of women in America, too. Um, So that's one piece of advice I have is floss every day. I know it sounds like silly advice, but um, when you're poor and 75 and living in a trailer, I'd rather you have a full set of teeth than one tooth. So it makes eating a little bit easier. (laughs) <laughs> it makes eating, eating cat squirrel. food. Squirrel. Eating squirrel. Too easy, huh? Um, anyway, Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to advocate? Pound? You're a mortgage lender. You're going to be doing a loan later this year for me. Um, um it, a housing, lot of, housing prices fell in San Francisco, both in yeah, condos I saw and that. houses. I saw that. that first and,
3: and that was actually something we saw um, coming up uh, earlier this year. Um, but they're I'm not like, surprised. But they're up about like 70% that. in four years. Yeah, they're up 70% in four years, and they came down, I think, what was it, 1.4? 1. 1. 1.4. 1. 4, 1. Yeah. And, and and it's really just because there's such a low amount of inventory right now, so you're going to see those types of fluctuations. Um, and you may just see some of the higher end just not being able to sell, and there's maybe lower end selling. Remember, these are median home prices that they're talking about, so it's just it's not the average. So. Um, and we're, we're gonna start. Median seeing mean it. that one was bought for more. No, 50% were bought for, yeah. uh, at this price. 50%, this is the median price, as opposed to the average. And the average is probably much higher, um, which usually is the case. But average condo, 1.1, yeah. And then it was like 1.107. You, you could think dro- this dro- m- dropped to 1.074. Like it, Whoa! you could think that this could be a peak remember there's still some construction going on in condos in in San Francisco so there could be a little bit more inventory that and, and on the lower end and lower end being you know 900 million as opposed to over 1.1 there's a story at cron this week about the seawall on the Embarcadero that with a major earthquake
2: there's going to be major damage to the financial district and to the marina um that can drive high home prices lower mm mm-hmm. mhm I can put a lot of inventory on the market soon. And when I said on TV, I'm like, we need a big earthquake. I said, home prices are, are stubbornly high because there's not a lot of inventory. We need a big earthquake to send people back to the East Coast. My, <laughs> my TV producer kind of looked my, at me like, you didn't really just say that. But
3: my, in 1989. My 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 um, aunt and uncle moved from San Mateo back in 19, I think it was 1989, 1990, right after the earthquake. And they moved because they didn't want to deal with it. Or they watched all of their China fall on the floor and they said no more. And they, you know, they could easily stay here with no major earthquake since then, and you know, captured you know, probably a million dollars in equity that they lost. So
2: just back in 1989, if you bought a home one day before the earthquake, it took yeah. you seven, seven years, years to get it appraised cr- to that same level. Yep. So when I say that it de- we need an earthquake, I'm
3: kind of saying that we live in earthquake, there's, earthquake country. There's a handful of people that are hoping that there's some sort of event. It could be financial. It could be a world economy event. Uh, it could be a natural disaster that are hoping that it will drive home prices down. And then there's another side of people who own properties that have put a lot of money into these properties that hope that will see this drive in home prices continue. I actually, you know, without any of those external events, I think home prices in the Bay Area continue rising at a much slower pace than they have been in the last couple of years. But, um, you know, with the cheap money out there, a lot of people are, are it's a lot more affordable to have these higher cost mortgages. Uh, much more better than it was back in 2007, so I continue seeing home prices going up. I continue to see home prices going up in the
2: cheapest neighborhoods of those expensive cities. Like in my city of San Carlos, I don't think the high end does as well as the low end. I agree. So, and it's all about location, 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 and getting someone to buy. Anyhow, you can find Tony, and like I said, he's my mortgage lender. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. You can find me at Roblack Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Roblack Show.